Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar podcast, brought to you from the team behind Cycling Plus, MBUK and BikeRadar.com. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar podcast. We're here on all of your podcast providers and also YouTube, which you might be able to see if you're watching it on YouTube. Don't forget to like and subscribe to all the different places where you can get the podcast. Uh, and don't forget to check out the associated article on BikeRadar.com, where you'll find lots of links and interesting bits and pieces related to what we're going to chat about today. And today, we're going to be talking about something that some of you will not like. But give it a chance, because if you are a hater, give it a chance. E-bikes. I don't know if you've heard, but they're quite a big thing. And particularly, we're going to be talking about e-mountain bikes. And I have my good friend and dear colleague, Matthew Allen, who, a former skeptic, is now a fully-fledged e-bike convert. And you're going to tell us why. Yeah, so this is off the back of something that I worked on recently. But basically, I have become a convert, having had a Damascene conversion to the joys of assisted riding. Oh, what? A dam- <laughs> Road to Damascus, Tom? Look it up, it's in the Bible. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, basically, I think that e-mountain bikes have a lot to offer riders like me, who are in some ways quite lazy and in other ways quite short of time. So e-mountain bikes are very time efficient because you can do a whole ride, get to a trail, ride a trail, do it again a few times and ride back again in the space of time that... You would have otherwise been in your car. You would have had to change your shoes and stuff. And for the riding that I do, it's great because I end up doing more mountain biking. And specifically, I end up doing 
more descending and i don't know about you guys but i think mountain biking is kind of about the descending because climbing uphill at very low speeds is quite dull well i only climb uphill at very high speeds as Obviously, i'm such yeah. well, a well-trained athlete i do too now i mean you are a hill climb expert jack in some aspects we should say with matthew as well that you live in relatively unique circumstances and that you're in a very beautiful part of the world in the forest of dean you've got trail riding on your doorstep that's right i'm very lucky that i live on the edge of the forest but if I want to go to my local trail centre, for example, it's still a 25-minute drive or so, whereas when I'm riding an e-bike, I don't do the driving part. I simply ride to trails, ride the trails and have a good time. And that is a really key difference from a time efficiency point of view and also a pleasure point of view because it makes it a totally different experience. You're kind of cutting out the faff riding time and the faff driving time. Yeah, it's just more of the good stuff. Um I don't know if there's a better way to dress it up mm-hmm. than that. You've kind of uh, mimicked the sort of process yourself, haven't you, Tom, when you had your e-cargo bike before where you were using it to actually get with your go-fast mountain bike to the trail centre as well? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the cargo bike, RIP, I did love it. Um, sad demise. It was, it genuinely, it was as a, as a city lever. Um, and I think there's almost two discussions that one could have about e-bikes. There's the... There's, I want to go mountain biking and do as many laps as I can, the kind of the Matthew Allen experience. And I have that experience as well. I've, I've ridden a lot of e-bikes now over the past five, six years. But for me, the, the game-changing bit of e-bikes for me was the urban urban transport aspect of e-bikes, where I'm not looking at it as a way of getting enjoyment. I'm not looking at it as, oh, I'm riding this bike to get fit and strong. So if I was, you know, it's more like I'm re- looking at this to to not be driving my car. And for that, spot on. And again, we're quite unique in Bristol, where Tom and I are based, where we have very good mountain biking on our doorstep. And you used it to actually get to trail centres with your bike on the back. You made a very beautiful little homemade rack. I did. I made made a wooden plank, uh, strapped it to the pannier rack of my e-bike, and then put a fork mount from like a bike carrier on there and strapped it down. It was, it worked. Mm -hmm. It wasn't refined. And it did bounce around and, and creak and crack and, and what have you. But yeah, it was a great way to um, minimise the faff. You know, as I say, I, I wouldn't want to drive across Bristol yeah. to go ride, you know, like Ashton Court, Lee Woods. Not the the mecca of mountain biking by any sorts, but as a quick way of getting out to some trails, pretty good. But it's a faff to drive. Put the bike, mountain bike, on the back of the e-bike. Could get there effortless, kind of warmed up by the time I got there, and then go for a proper ride and cruise back home you know, having sort of hurt myself a little bit on the trails. It's great. Yeah. So, yeah, a more efficient way yeah. of mountain biking. Uh, and that informs my second point as well, which is that for somebody like me, who's not particularly good at mountain biking, I think that an e-bike is the best way to work on your skills for the simple reason that you're doing more of the descending. And it also means that when you're, you say you're doing laps of a trail, mm. you ride up, quickly you don't get too puffed out you're not tired so you're quite fresh when you get to the top and then you can concentrate on doing the descent right and then you can do that another five times Mm -hmm. as part of an ordinary ride and that that's huge for me because riding a normal mountain bike i would typically do one or maybe two laps Mm -hmm. of a favorite trail so the first one i would work really hard going up and then i'd be quite tired for the descent the second one i'm just quite tired generally I'm probably not getting that kind of muscle memory thing you get from doing something over and over again. And at the end of it, I've done far less riding in total. Yeah. 
I mean, sessioning on a mountain bike really is one of the best ways you can, you know, you can do it with a, with a push bike, you know, if you want to session a couple of corners, you can push yeah. bike up, but there's no doubt that going back and repeating and repeating is definitely the, you know, you learn the track better. So you're concentrating less on where you're going and you can concentrate more on what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. I think, see, a lot of the people here, including you, Tom, you grew up mountain biking. Mm. So you've got that kind of really hardwired muscle memory thing. I don't have that because I came to mountain biking as an adult. I'm not that great at it. So any way that I can increase the efficiency of my like skill acquisition has to be a good thing from my point of view. Mm-hmm. On on the skill front, I think riding e-bikes and regular bikes, there's a lot of cross compatibility or cross pollination. There's obviously there are some differences between the way the bikes ride. So yeah. you know, if if you are looking to fully develop your skills as a rider and, and a concentrating first on the mountain bike side, I think you've probably got to realise that when, if you did jump onto a an analogue bike, there is slight differences. Analogue? Analogue, I, I like legit. it. I just, it's it's tickled me. I like you know, that. Digital analogue. Um, there are, you know, differences in, in the way the bikes ride and the way the bikes feel. But certainly, you know, getting those basics, it's kind of the argument back in the day when people were like, oh, yeah, you should, uh, if you're a new rider, you should always ride a hardtail because uh, you learn the skills better. Uh, it, it's not a stupid argument, but I think it's a little bit of a... Uh, yeah, I also think, like, who are we trying to please here? Mm. I don't ride a bike so that I can do some kind of philosophically superior form of riding, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the purest form of riding a bike. I ride a bike because I want to ride a bike. Yeah. And if I get to do more fun stuff, mm-hmm. then I can't really see a downside. Like you say, it is different. I mean, the main difference is weight, obviously. Typical e-bike's going to weigh what 10 kilos eight to ten kilos more than the equivalent seven eight kilos standard yeah which it makes a big difference but it's different it's not necessarily worse also our very own seb stock did that thing where he strapped weights to bikes and it makes your suspension work better so there is is also that this is definitely something that's really noticeable when you when you jump between an e-bike and a normal bike is just how planted and smooth an e-bike feels yeah and they 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 do often feel a little bit less agile or a little bit less maneuverable because of that weight. Hmm. But at the same time, they they are more secure. I, I guess you're you, if you go over the front on an e bike, you're doing something pretty, pretty good. wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's a definite difference in in the way they feel, and that that gives you then presumably the confidence to go and do you know bigger more technical things which will help you develop your your ride i've certainly ridden down on like big chunky rocky enduro tracks on e-bikes and just been like well i'm just going to hold on now and you yeah, absolutely yeah. Just let it go. because you know that you're not going to get jacked off the front so easily jacked off is an unfortunate turn of press. <laughs> <laughs> it's not intentional um i think yeah i can absolutely agree on that you know i've had kind of uh passing passing blows with e-bikes that i've never been a proper dedicated rider like you two and for me with the kind of skill aspect of things like yes i've done plenty of mountain biking but there's no denying the kind of lapping aspect definitely helps but more than anything they're just really fun yeah they're fun uphill that's right yeah it makes riding uphill instead of just slogging up there at such a low speed that technical considerations don't really apply it becomes technical riding mm. going uphill or you can get to the top by using a fire road and just do it very, very mm. quickly. And either way, you're getting, I think, a better experience. I think at this point it's worth interjecting 
the differences in, you know, obviously a lot of our audience is North American. Mm, yes. Um, and, you know, I'm sure the, the comments are going to be full of, you know, e-bikes do this, e-bikes do that. And I, I, I want to talk actually a little bit later on about the whole erosion and, and that yeah. side of things. Um, but in terms of trail access, we're, we're here in the UK. Um, we don't have those same restrictions that there are in the US. No. Um, also, just worth pointing out, if you if you buy an e-mountain bike, it is a legal cycle. It's a pedelec. It's not a moped. It's not a, you know, it's got yeah, a third we're, of a horsepower, we're not 50 horsepower. There's not that confusion because the problem that a lot of people have in the US is they're effectively classed as motorbikes, I think. And if people ride them on the mountain bike vehicles, trails, yeah. yeah, if they ride them on mountain bike trails, there's a risk that those trails yeah. will be close to all mountain bikers, which would obviously be terrible. Mm. We're lucky in the UK we don't have that problem because they are bicycles as far as the law is concerned. If you chip them and, you know, it is you can chip certain motors. It's easy to do to make them go faster and all that sort of stuff. We wouldn't recommend ever doing that, by the way. It is illegal. Yeah, um, well, it turns your bike into a sort of unclassified motorbike yeah. and you could be in all sorts of trouble and if also, you got caught riding that. You wreck your bloody bike as well. Well, this thing, they, they, they do work. I mean, in, in different countries, there are different rules on the max speed, so you can go 45 kph in some places, X, Y, Z. The thing is that the likes of Bosch, Bros, Yamaha, all that, they know that you've chipped your bike. Mm. Because if you have a warranty issue, and you know, e-bikes are still relatively new tech, and warranty issues do arise. Like we've had some on on some of our long-term bikes back in the years. They know that you've chipped your bike, and that is your warranty gone. And then you've got a very expensive paperweight that simply doesn't work. So, I know we sort of we weren't really talking about this, but no, no, it's it's a good point to raise. And if you get into an accident on the road riding a chipped bike, mm. well, uh, if you get, they're caught, probably going to make an example of you. <laughs> yeah. Last thing to clarify as well, not to stress on that point as well, but there's a bit of a confusion often around how e-bikes actually work. And to be clear, the ones that we're discussing and talking about are, you know, you know they're not throttle controlled. They are pedal assist, and they're very much controlled by your pedaling and pedaling yeah. inputs. And in this country, they're limited to 25 kilometres an hour, which is 15 and a half miles an hour. So above that speed, you get no assistance. So it's a good kind of balance. And, you know, it means that we can still enjoy these bikes on all trails and there's no kind of weird access no, issues around them. No legal issues for us doing this. Briefly, before we go on to your next point, Matthew, I was going to address your point on purists. And you said that of purists, they some may find it offensive. Um, I won't, of course, mention uplifts or anything like that because, no. you know, no, 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 you know, no, that doesn't count. But what would be your kind of closing closing glance to the purists that say that you have to earn your turns? I just I just don't care. I mean, <laughs> there is no, nobody on their deathbed says, I wish I'd had less fun and been more pure. <laughs> so. <laughs> Whoa, rock star Malin <laughs> over here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That. That's what it was, Auntie. Also, I don't think anyone's ever. One, one, the one comment that always gets me is, "Mountain biking is not my sport." Fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's move on. Yeah. Then. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my next point, um, and this is a big one for my local riding, is that on an e-bike, I take risks on routes. So just pulling out of blind junctions, blind. Just just to be clear, I say I don't mean tree routes. <laughs> um, <laughs> what I'm talking about is the fact that. When I'm riding a normal mountain bike, I tend to stick to trails I know because I don't want to end up at the bottom of a hill somewhere and realise, oh, there's no trail here, this doesn't lead anywhere, now I'm going to have to ride or push my way back out because I've made a bad life decision. On an e-bike, you just turn around, go back up again. It's that easy. And so as a result, riding an e-bike, I've found lots of new places to ride Mm. that I would never have bothered exploring otherwise. 
And for me, that's huge because it's, it adds variety to my riding. can 100% relate to that. The number of times you go to, you know, even if a completely new place doesn't really matter. You know, you can make those mistakes and you don't really want to push them back to the top because that is, can be real hard work. So there are times when you kind of left a little bit stranded, but on the whole, yeah. And the nice thing about even doing that is if you go down a trail and it's the wrong one, you end up in somewhere you don't want to be. As we talked about a couple of minutes ago, climbing on these things. It's is, fun. Oh my, like some of the most fun I've had on a bike is riding up super steep technical stuff on an e-bike. It's brilliant. Could you do a beautiful segue into a video you recently <laughs> started in my head? No. Tom. If you are fans of the Bike Radar YouTube channel, which obviously you all are, uh, we did a Diaries episode um, sponsored by Giant. They do have um, a new Trans E Plus Pro, I think it was called. Um, it's their e-bike. Um, myself and Joe did a hill climb challenge where uh, I selected a particularly tricky local climb and we rode it on a normal e-bike. Um, Giant were very kind and let me modify one into a bit of a hill climb monster. So I changed the position of the rider on the bike with stems, handlebars, uh, let air out the fork and that sort of thing, change the tyres a bit just to get every little bit of climbing potential out of the bike. Um, and needless to say, I mean, Joe, if you know, is a hill climb extraordinaire. He's one of the best one of people the best in, the in the whole country at riding bikes up hills. Very fast. Not as good as me, though, is he, on an e-bike? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it was uh, worth a watch. It's definitely worth a watch. It's very entertaining, and the bike itself alone is very mm. entertaining. On your point in terms of kind of taking new risks, a comment which often, I remember a while ago I wrote, uh, rode a Cairn e-gravel bike. Cairn's like a shoot-off of hunt wheels and stuff, and they were doing this, yeah, kind of adventure gravel bike. And it had all these different attachments where you could put loads of different batteries on. And their whole point was like, well, you know, if you want to go do some bike packing nonsense after work, this means you don't have to get in the car and you can go off on some silly adventure. And I really like that idea. I think it's really good. But my goodness, people really enjoyed saying, well, what if you get lost in the wilderness and you're left dying with your e-bike with no battery? And like, to be clear here, when we're talking about mountain biking and trying new trails, it's just off a trail centre. The people who have got e-bikes who want to go off into the beautiful Highland wilderness are probably going to be savvy enough anyway to not go get stranded with their 30 kilo e-bike in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, just because you're riding an e-bike doesn't mean that you've suspended your brain yes. and just stopped thinking about the safety implications of the activities you take part in. Yeah, I think it's an absolute, you know... It's a red herring. It's a red herring. You could do exactly the same thing on a regular mountain bike. You know, it's you're no more likely to get yourself I mean, into you, real you trouble. Could bonk. Yeah, you can bonk. At least the e-bike will get you on the way back out. Yeah. So what's been your kind of best experience in terms of finding new trails close to home? Uh, well, I mean, now I know that I can head out my door in the space of two hours. I can get onto a trail within three, maybe three miles of my house, ride a few places, hop through a village, ride another few places, ride a really nice place that I'm not going to name because it's a secret. Um, yeah, it. It takes me everywhere, and I'm continually finding new places. Great. What's next? So this is the one that is going to prove that I am a milk toast soy boy who doesn't deserve a bicycle. <laughs> um, because an e-bike is personally better for my body. I'm talking about my body. I'm not generalizing to every rider's body, but I have a pretty rubbish back, and... As a result, climbing on a normal mountain bike is quite hard on it because when you're climbing on a normal mountain bike, there's a lot of very high torque, low speed stuff. And in a mountain bike riding position, that tends to put quite a lot of strain on your lower back, which hurts. Mm. 
And so on an e-bike, simply not an issue. Now, you can work hard on an e-bike. Yeah. This, so the, I just, well, I don't care about the cheating argument because it goes back to that purism thing. I'm getting an uplift. And there's the whole uplift thing. But the fact is that you can work as hard as you want to on an e-bike. And I think for a lot of riders, whether they're like me, young but strangely broken already, or old and a bit broken, or whatever, maybe they're recovering from injury, maybe they just like being able to vary how hard they work. I think e-bikes have a lot to offer. They, I think everyone on the market lets you vary the amount of assistance, yeah. mm-hmm. whether it's from a little bit of helping hand to full-on turbo mode where you can almost soft-pedal up a lot of hills. Uh, and that's a huge advantage as far as I'm concerned. I would say consistently, if I look back over a year and exclude racing, the hardest, physically the hardest riding I do on an annual basis is generally on an e-bike. And that comes down to the ability you have to ride back up technical steep single track and it isn't easy and generally speaking actually if you if you're going up something loose and and, and tight and technical turbo mode or the top mode whatever it is isn't the best one to use anyway yeah, it's because, too powerful. there's too much torque yeah you, you you run it in a slightly lower thing you get the assistance you need and you know i have come away from e-bike rides absolutely broken you know i did one a couple of weeks ago 70 80k all of it off-road all of it technical climbing and descending and regardless of whether you think that oh it's just riding a motorbike it isn't just riding a motorbike no and i actually ride a and motorbike you, yeah. so i do actually know that <laughs> <laughs> i'm actually wearing motorbike boots right now helmets <laughs> at the back but no it is genuinely it you, I've, I've gone on e-bike roads where literally i'm yeah cruising and just hitting the descent it's like we're talking about that lapping thing yeah a fire road similarly though i I've been broken at the end of e-bike rides. So, you know, it's that cheating thing. It's that it's for lazy people. If you're lazy on an e-bike, fine, be lazy on an e-bike. That doesn't matter. But don't don't sort of assume that because they're riding an e-bike that you're a lazy person because someone on an e-bike is probably doing two or three times. It's fine to be lazy. There's nothing wrong with being lazy. Yeah, yeah. And they're probably doing more descending than you anyway. Yeah. To go to your 70, 80k ride as well, the difference is that, I don't know the ride, but what would you have done on a normal bike? Maybe... 35 40 you know the place we the place we were riding it would have been with the it was in the Basque country and i think on a regular bike the trails that we were riding on a full day you'd have been if you'd done 30k you'd have been lucky because it was literally pretty much 95 percent all off-road um and single track climbs you work just as hard you just go Twice the distance. I think that's the and thing the rest, for me. Yeah, yeah. And you have a nice meal in the middle of it and swap your batteries. <laughs> it was a launch. <laughs> but I think that actually ties, you know, the whole battery thing is, you know, something which can be touched on down the line. But the price of them and, and, and the range and everything is very, very rider and ride dependent. That's one of the things that actually I've really noticed is if I go ride with. Um, someone on an e-bike who is, say, 10 kilos or 15 kilos lighter than me, or the other way, 10, 15 kilos heavier. The speed and the the range varies massively depending on the rider and who and, and where you're riding, off-road climbs versus fire climbs. You've probably got a 20% variance in range. It's pretty pretty crazy. I'd say one thing we'd kind of round out this argument with is we'd say that just because us three, you know, head pyramid scheme bike industry insiders got in early just because we enjoy just because we enjoy e-bikes doesn't mean that you have to and likewise our enjoyment of them shouldn't impact 
on your ability to enjoy a regular bike. They're not going to take over. They're not going to become the, you know, absolutely mm. everything for every man. Not Analogs at all. No. still exist. But I think I always come back to the argument that all bikes are good bikes and more people riding bikes benefits all of us. No matter what type of riding you do, it increases visibility of cyclists increases the general health of the bike industry which means we all get cooler stuff to play with mm. I, get I think it's a win-win podcasts as well we keep doing amazing podcast content um, well i think my, i want to i'll round out the the old e-bike chat i reckon mm-hmm. one of the things that often gets cited is like oh e-bikes you know ripping up the trails blah blah blah, blah, blah. and that's probably because you've seen like a motocross bike just going everywhere and they rip up trails e-bikes have relatively little power i think i worked out once roughly it's about a third of a horsepower on maximum mm-hmm. output um if you're riding and your rear wheel is spitting dirt from behind you're probably not going very far you're probably going to stop pretty quickly and simply put the whole or oh, ripping up the trails thing just isn't a thing in my experience because if you if, you know if you're on a normal bike pedaling along and you start like losing traction and stuff like that you adjust the way you're pedaling to avoid that situation because generally it's not useful for control and, and moving forwards or braking and it's exactly the same on e-bikes you, the an e-bike isn't just putting 250 watt continual to the back wheel regardless of what you're doing it's managing its own output to sort of match and complement what you're putting in there so if you do start spinning out you back off mm-hmm. so that is i think a null argument the other argument people say is, oh, you know, yeah, it's, it's a really heavy bike and all this sort of stuff. It's like, yeah, but if you look at the range of rider weights, like I, I, I ride with people who are 50 kilos and I ride with people who are 100 kilos. Now, the extra seven kilos that an e-bike adds to the regular bike, are you saying that someone who's 100 kilos is better than someone who's 50 kilos with a seven kilo extra on the bike? And, and also like a decent trail e-bike now weighs less than a downhill bike so it is uh you know like i'm sure someone out there will be commenting about trail destruction or that sort of thing and i assure you it's 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 more of a legal issue i think in places like the states where you have kind of this like matthew said this weird Mm. gray area between the distinction between e-bikes and motorbikes is complicated but it is a legal issue and to bring it back whenever i possibly can to the fact that i'm scottish in Scotland, Scottish, Jack. you never know. Ugh, no. in, in Scotland, we have what's called the right to roam. And that essentially means that all land, all land is, is accessible to all outdoors people. Mm. You, know, you can go mountain biking on any trail that any walk can go on. There's no restrictions. And, you know, I haven't seen at all any backlash in the, even the most wild wilderness places to e-bikes and their kind of supposed invasion. There is, it is a myth more than anything. And I think it's because we have a clear legal distinction. It's not a, a practical issue. It's just a legal one. I think speaking of, of the sort of the Scottish attitude towards them, and it was more more actually to do with mountain bikes back in the day. But, you know, the, there's a big climbing fraternity in Scotland, you know, people wanting to go and do the Munros, which often aren't that accessible from car parks and roads. And mountain bikes quite often back then when used to transport you to the foot of, of the crag or of the foot of the mountain. And in some ways, I, I can almost see e-bikes. You know, if you've got a big load of, like, winter climbing kit, an e-bike would be a great way of getting further into the hills to tackle those those tracks. Yeah. And I think maybe that's why there maybe is a little bit less conflict over in Scotland also. Scottish big people are just nicer. People. Scottish people are pretty nice. Thank you. Yeah. Shall we... Uh, 
stop annoying everyone who hates e-bikes. Yeah, I think we don't. We did that. do a poor job of coming up with a dissenting voice there. If you could just <laughs> briefly cosplay as an e-bike hater, that would be <laughs> ideal. <laughs> yeah, I think we've we've poked this bear enough. It's safe to say e-bikes are here to stay, but it shouldn't affect your enjoyment. And if you are on the fence or a skeptic, give it a go. You'll have fun. We guarantee it. You will. What have you been doing recently, Jack? Well, Tom, we are just back from Eurobike. We're still digesting the enormous amount of carbohydrates that we Schnitzels, consumed. Schnitzels, pretzels, vice beer. <sighs> yeah, a lot You're of You're actually that. clinically dead, aren't you, Jack? Yeah, I'm emotionally after the, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the deluge of strangeness that is Eurobike. Yes, I am feeling a little bit dead. You, of course, are not... You didn't have to go this year, Matthew. No, I was at home writing up press releases, which was really, really fun. So, so yes, that's been what we've been up to here at Bike Radar. All of the very, very best coverage from the show is on site. If you are a masochist, you can go back and see all of that and relive the uh, the smorgasbord of bike industry news. Oh, that's Sweden, isn't it? That's not Germany. Yeah. Oh, never mind. The platter. Yeah, <laughs> of bike news that is Eurobike. How about you, young Matthew? Oh, I've been riding gravel bikes, getting sunburnt, that sort of thing. Nice. Sounds yeah. great. You're looking very burnt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, so tan. Uh, yeah, just nice. riding bikes. I have been, I'm going out in, probably very soon actually, uh, to South Africa. Oh, really? Fun. Uh, I'm going to go and race uh, a race, obviously, called bergen bush which is a three-day marathon cross-country marathon so i've been um and also in conjunction with mbuk who i'm doing a bit of writing for quite often um i'm writing and writing about lots of cross-country bikes um so i'm doing a roughly two to two and a half thousand pound cross-country race hardtails because uh, things like specialized epic which was recently announced sub kilo frame even on their entry-level bikes pretty cool um and a few others so look out for that both in the mag and online um, and also some full bouncers because, um, yeah, this race is a couple of hundred kilometers. Um, it's going to be fairly, fairly chunky, I think. So is that a couple of hundred kilometers in a one Uh, day one is hundred something K day two is 80 something K day three is 50, 60 something K wow. all off road. Um, and I'll probably have to put some effort in because I'm doing it as it's a pairs race. Um, so I'm doing it with my good friend, Nick, who is very much a cross country slash road fast boy um so he'll be jing me up the climbs and i'll be trying to tow him along on the descents um yeah so i've been riding cross-country bikes which has been quite a revelation because i haven't ridden cross-country bikes properly for quite a while because we're quite trail enduro focused i guess especially with mbuk um feeding into a lot of bike radar turns out cross-country is well good fun yeah man a little bit taste a bit of blood get the heart pumping go and ride some slightly mellower trails but on slightly less appropriate bikes all bikes are good bikes. All Keep bikes coming back are good to that. bikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, training. Good for you. Mad. Um, so, yeah, look out, because I'll be, I'll be doing features for the mag, probably on YouTube as well. Um, maybe uh, catch a few lines and drafts along the way and hopefully not get chased. Good work. Nice one, Tom. Well, thank you for watching and listening. As always, please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on our YouTube channel where you'll see more of all of us hopefully more of this and yeah thank you very much for watching and please leave your comments as well because we do really care about them we want to hear about ideas for things you may want us to discuss in the future and yeah don't forget to like and subscribe bye 
thank you for listening to the Bike Radar podcast. If you want any more information on what we've been talking about or more news and views on cycling, check out bikeradar.com. Thank you.